You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. LPC will become LPU in 2019, and I know, Bernie, you're a part of that transition, and so thanks for sponsoring life and endorsing it, and thanks to Lompoc Foursquare Church for your continued investment in our community uh, through resources, prayer, and care for our students. Wow, it's a joy to be here. I feel like I, you're my people. I feel like I could move here. I might move here. It's so great. I love you guys, and where are my soul care people? You're here. Oh my gosh! We, I, I feel bonded. I mean, my sister and I, we drove home. We're like, I don't know, but I just love everyone so much, and I don't want to leave. It just was an amazing weekend, and so I thank you of giving your hearts and just um, surrendering to what God would have you do. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I've heard from about three or four people today that they really do feel lighter from after that weekend. That was our prayer, right? That the burdens would lift, and I mean, that was a word from date from the first night we got together. So it's a blessing to be here. I want to specifically thank the most generous, amazing pastor in town, maybe even in the world, Pastor Bernie. You are like nobody else. I mean, like nobody else. I I, I got a tour uh, during worship of the Connections and the Children's Center. Wow, amazing. For those of you that are in the Connections Cafe, I don't blame you. I would be there too, watching the message online. I also want to say hello to our live stream audience that is probably around not only the city, but across state lines. So welcome to you all as well. Well, today I want to talk to you about something that's very dear to my heart and dear to your pastor's heart. It is about investing in the next generation. Now, Pastor Bernie is leading a teaching series right now called The God I Wish You Knew. You know, so many people have a non-biblical view of God. As we talked in Soul Care, a lot of our perspectives of God and how we feel in the world is really connected to our family of origin, not about God himself. But let me tell you, God loves you. God believes in you. God made you, and no one is counted out. We all have a place, a plan, and a responsibility in this world to give something. In fact, it says in Ephesians that we are his workmanship. We are his poem. It is in the Greek. Yes, I do work at a Bible college. I do know one Greek word. Workmanship means poem. We are his work of art set apart in Christ Jesus to do good works that he ordained and prepared for in advance. That means that he intended each one of us for a specific purpose, for a specific reason, to be on this planet. One thing I know for sure about God is that he loves us and he cares about us, but he also cares about the next generation. Amen? We all have a place in doing this. Your church takes this very seriously. I know. I read the articles. I was in Santa Barbara on a trolley and met a couple from Lompoc, and they don't even happen to go to this church, but they know Bernie, and they know the ministry of this church. And uh, it was so great. What you do is everywhere, and it is sowing seed for the generations to come. So there is a place for you. There's a place for you here. There's a place for you outside the four walls of this church, and we can all serve. But I want to share a little bit about our reality The reality is this. Statistics show that 85% of those who accept Christ do so before the age of 18. Why the church is focusing on the 1040 window, that's a portion of the world that is unreached, people groups, is neglecting the greatest mission field in our nation, which is the 513 window. According to Barna Research Group, 
the 513 window is the age group most prone to accept and act upon the salvation message. So those that are working right now in your children's ministry and youth are doing the most important work. They're reaching the generation most open and tender to the gospel. This is important for us to realize. The research indicates that unless a person accepts Christ as Savior before the age of 14, the likelihood of them doing so is very slim. We need to recognize this. The future of the church in our nation hinges on the aggressiveness of reaching the next generation. Let's internalize this for a minute. There was an era where children are seen and not heard. And today, there has never been a time when households are more broken, more split, more trauma than ever, and children are paying the price. Not only do I work with millennials, those are those that are 23 and older, but I work with a new generation that's emerging. In fact, they've been here a long time, but not much research has been done on them until late. It's called Generation Z. This is those from zero to 22 years of age. These are the youth around us. These are the young adults. These are the new college students coming in. So I want to tell you a little bit about them so you can get a picture of the mission field before you. One, they are younger, older, but older, younger. Entrepreneurship is in their DNA. They value non-traditional education. This means that at a very early age, they're already thinking about how they can contribute. I don't know if you've hung around someone like 15 and younger, but they're pretty unique and brilliant and weird because they want, they're already thinking about you know, what they want to do. They're thinking, my daughter, she's 14, and by the age of 8, 9, 10, she was already cooking, and she's a foodie, and she's creating, and I'm like, please make more. Please make more because I'm not cooking these days. She's cooks for the family. She's always creating. They are interested in starting internships and businesses now. But you know what? They're worried. They're very, very worried. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about the, the world. They see the changing gender roles. Masculine and feminine is shifting, and there's confusion. They are living in a post-Christian world where most young people don't even know basic Bible stories because we've so gotten away from that. You guys know what I'm saying. This is what our faculty are dealing with. Students coming in and not even knowing basic Bible stories. They are digital natives. You guys know how they can whiz around the computer. We're not talking three screens, we're talking four screens, we're talking virtual reality. They multitask, they have an eight second attention span. So I've already lost some of you in this room. So it used to be 12 seconds in 2000, now it's like eight seconds, so you gotta get them really fast. They're more sedentary. How many of you see young people that don't wanna play outside anymore? Why, because all the entertainment is right here on their iPad, right? I, I know students that don't even have their licenses. Why do they need them? I can't imagine that. I was telling the first service, I, hadn't, I was driving at like 14. Yes, I know, it was illegal, but I was driving around, I lived in a small town, so. They're connected, but more lonely. They're getting less sleep. They're emotionally less mature. They're fearful. They have less coping skills, and they need us more than ever. I also want to give you perspective. These are post-9-11 kids. They do not have rose-colored glasses. They don't think necessarily the world is their oyster and that all things are going to go well. But they know that there's threats. There's North Korea. There's our own government. There's... Sunday morning church, when you have to feel differently about sitting here and what could possibly happen. 
There is fear, and they need us now more than ever. What's so amazing is I'm looking at hundreds of people that have the ability to invest and to sow seed into a young generation and seeds that you don't even know what brilliance and what fruit it could produce. We all play a part. Now, this whole concept of investing in the next generation is absolutely biblical. It is God's way. It is his intention that you and I invest in the next generation. In fact, we are products of those who have invested in us. And we could say that many of us were invested in not by our parents. Maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was a mentor. Maybe it was someone who doesn't even know how they changed your life or my life. It was a word. It was a skill that someone taught you or me. But this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 78, 5 through 7. This is the psalmist Asaph. He was a Levite and a songwriter and a singer. And this is, it's much longer than this, but this is the portion I want to focus on. Referring to God, he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but but would keep his commands. See, it's not just about investing in the next generation, but those children that are not yet here. You and I, when we sow good seed and we invest, it means that we are putting in something for our future return. We have to realize that we may never, ever see that return. But this life really isn't all about us. It is about paying it forward and seeing God's kingdom on earth through the future generations. You and I have a part to play. I specifically love the example in the New Testament, which is Paul and Timothy. I think it's just a model perspective. It's not the only way that we can invest, but it is one. Now, he says this, Paul says this in 2 Timothy, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. And he's speaking to Timothy which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. Timothy, I see the seed, the investment of your mother and your grandmother. Now listen, what's so amazing about this passage is Timothy had a father who was, did not believe in Christ. However, he was the most profound follower of Paul and was able to receive and be invested in not only by grandma but also mom, which gave him a tender heart open to a man of God who invested in him for years. Now, the Apostle Paul was a model for ministry. He made discipling the next generation his central focus. The book of Acts tells us when he first met the disciple Timothy in Acts chapter 16 and how Timothy was eventually appointed as an apostolic leader in Ephesus. One-third of the New Testament was either written to Timothy or or from Paul and Timothy, both of them. Another epistle was addressed to Paul's young trainee, Titus. Paul's investment in the next generation is reflected in the actual canon of Scripture, yet we've overlooked so often this principle, the importance of the transmission of knowledge and of experience and of life. He says this about Paul. As Paul invested in the life of Timothy, he was proud of him, and he told the Philippians this, I have no one else, speaking of Timothy, of kindred spirit, who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. Paul added, but you know of his proven worth that he served with me 
in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. See, Timothy was basically fatherless in the mentor type of way, and Paul came in and filled that gap. And Timothy paid it forward, was trusted, and I believe it went on for generation now to generation. Now, you may say, well, I'm not a Paul, and I can't bring someone along preaching. Now, Bernie could probably do that, and many of you are ministers. But this isn't the only way to invest. It is time. It is coffee. I'm telling you, ask a Gen Zer to go to coffee. All they want to do is talk and hang out. That is discipleship. That is mentorship. Showing them how to do something new. So I want to challenge us all today with this. There is an opportunity before us, and no one, no one in this room, whether you're 85 or 15, there's always someone to mentor. There is always an investment to be made. So let's talk about what that might look like in a practical way. One, you could invest your time. Spending time is probably the most valuable thing that, that you have to offer is presence. Some of us in this room were not given the gift of presence for those maybe in our family of origin. Maybe we wish we had more time with mom or dad or aunts or uncles or grandmas or grandpas. But you now can give time to maybe your biological children or relatives, but also to those that do not, that you are not a part of their family. They all need investment. Those kids over there need investment of time. Number two, how about investment of treasure? You, many of you, have invested treasure into the lives of Life Pacific College students. Not only time, but treasure. And because of you, many of our students have graduated because you have seeded their future by funding their completion. We have no idea what they're going to do with their lives. I am here today because of a couple who had gotten into an accident um, when I was very young, and they were given a settlement. And she ended up being paralyzed for the rest of her life. She started a fund, and I had no idea for, for a, a, a high school graduate who wanted to go to Life Bible College. Now, I was from a very small town in Northeast Oregon, really, really tiny. When I told my pastor that I felt called to no longer go to a university, which I had been accepted to, but to go to Life Bible College in San Dimas, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it because my scholarship didn't apply there. He was so proud of me. And he said, I support this mission. I support this calling on your life. And it wasn't until months later that he said, you don't know this, but we have a couple that has donated $2,000 a year to your education. I had no, they are not relatives. It came through tragedy. But I am here today because of that financial treasure, that investment into my life. I can't thank them enough. Because now, guess what? I get to pay it forward. I get to work with hundreds of college students every day. You guys that minister and invest in others. Investment of treasure. How about the investment of talent? There's so many of you that have skills. You know how to cook. You know how to use computers. You know how to sew. You know how to garden. There's so, many ta so much talent in this room. What can you give? These Gen Zers, they are ready. They want your time. Yeah, they probably want your treasure, but it's probably not as important as your talent. They want to learn from you and be equipped. If you are a small business owner, 
or a ministry leader, bring them along. It's like Bernie and his ride-alongs every Monday night, or Sunday night, actually. Bring them along. Bring these young people along. Many of you have heard of Life Pacific. Um, the mission is this. We, um, it exists for the transformational development of students into leaders, prepared to serve God in the church, the workplace, and the world. And what's so unique about LPC is, one, we're accredited, fully accredited, like USC, UCLA, Biola, all of those great school schools that are local here as well. That means that it's recognized by the government. It's legit. Number two, however, that if you choose to come to Life Pacific, you are required to take 30 units of Bible theology. So it, we don't play around. We don't. And so transfer students sometimes have to take an extra year because that's how much we believe that the gospel matters. Literally, this is not just an academic experience. This is a holistic, you know, really uh, what we experience in soul care, that's very much integrated into the curriculum. Wholeness of soul is, is very important because this isn't just about head knowledge. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to engage a hurting world that needs the love and the message of Jesus Christ. And so you're being equipped both by head knowledge but also by, by heart knowledge and heart experience. While we give appreciation, we want to honor you today and may you be encouraged to invest in the next generation, invest in those small, middle and tall. Invest in those around you. Give of your time. Give of your treasure. Give of your talents. No one is counted out. We all matter and can make a difference. Would you students stand up and, and join me in praying for this amazing congregation? See how blessed I am. See why I will, while I want to move here, I don't know. I'm really torn. I love what I do in San Dimas. So let's go ahead. We want to pray for this community. If you would just stretch out your, your arms to them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Pastor Bernie and Lompoc Foursquare Church. And Lord, we pray that you have inspired and stirred within us a desire and motivation to invest more differently and in more expansive ways. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be among us today and show us who is someone that we can invest in, even today. And may you bless this community. May you overflow um, abundance and favor on Pastor Bernie as he seeks to make a difference in this community and the world. We love you, Lompoc Foursquare. And Lord, we pray that you bless them, body, mind, and soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.